0: Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And uh, the day you're listening to this, the day this is released is, uh, well, July 8th, 2020. The day before that would be July 7th, 2020, otherwise known as Damien Romero's 50th birthday. So we're talking about his project, <laughs> Speculum Fight. Uh, killer CD from the late 90s, 1997 to be exact, on Devin Sarno and Tom Grimley's Win Records. Uh, all, operated sort of as a collective, I believe, at some point, uh, with like Solid Eye and other bands all being kind of a part of it. Um,
1: yeah, Highball. Cool CD. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a drink out of a highball glass.
2: That's true. In honor, In of,
1: honor of the CD. Exactly. So. <laughs> Very nice.
2: What a beautiful homage. So uh, (laughs) happy birthday,
0: Damien. Uh, It's safe to say that I would not live in Los Angeles if it weren't for Damien Romero's urging uh, Mm -hmm. throughout our friendship. Someone I've been lucky enough to uh, travel with, play shows with, collaborate with, uh, put out music by. Um, Just a fantastic human being and a hell of a musician. So we'll dig into this.
1: Maybe after the Conleys tell me what they've been listening to, and then I tell them what I've been listening to. Oh, okay. I guess we can do that. I think we can do that. Well, uh, on this day of recording, uh, this would be one of the Bandcamp No Fee Days. So we have been stocking up and listening to uh, a lot of the new stuff we've been grabbing, uh, which would include some of the new stuff on Kindredic Sound. Uh, of course, uh, we've mentioned the uh, the new CD, the Kiostad Ke- CD. Uh, you can head over and grab that. We were listening to that this week.
2: Yeah, we've listened to that twice this morning.
1: Yeah, that's great. And then uh, also, you know, what what else? You got the new. We 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 haven't listened to everything we got, but I know there's the new Cherry Point three inch. New we, Cherry Point. We, we, points, we got it. We haven't we haven't jammed it. New Black insane. Sand Desert. Old Black yeah. Sand um, Desert. Old new. Well, right, right, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> new to us. Way back uh, in 2006, behind the green door. A couple other new things of names. I think, you know what? Honestly, I think Kendritic might be the label with the... Hardest to pronounce name projects. There are so you have so many projects. I'm like, (laughs) oh yeah, that's
2: great. And it's just some like weird name. And I can't.
1: And I certainly can't pronounce it. I can barely pronounce you know my own name, uh, let alone like some of these other strange names you got going. Oh, I'm gonna get Um, you into the
0: early 2010s Swedish uh, concrete scene then, (laughs) uh, because I guarantee it's more difficult than
1: some of this. Swedish
2: is known for being easy to pronounce, so that's good. So I'm not even.
1: to try to pronounce it but all the new Chondritic uh, go go check that out um, we, we we grabbed some old Richard Ramirez stuff and yep. right before um, getting working on right before <laughs> we got <laughs> dug into Highball uh, for this episode we were listening to Richard Ramirez Tragic Birth Forming which uh, that, mm-hmm. that name has always been like we were
2: discussing that title yeah. right before this like Tragic Birth Forming and it just never heard <laughs> it it's a
1: great one it's yeah. like it's really, it's, like, really minimal, like, mm-hmm. like not even, like, no, I mean, it gets very noisy, but, like, the majority of it, at least the first half, which is what we got around to listening to, is, like, it's very, like, low hum, like... Mm-hmm. Texture, but not noisy texture. And then it gets, it gets, it builds into this great, like yeah. classic Richard Ramirez, like, just it's something crunch. that you forget
2: it's there and then you're automatically yeah. like, oh crap, what am I listening to?
1: Yeah. 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 It's so, it's so good. Uh, and then, oh, uh, really, pick, really enjoyed an um, uh Noms and Glance thing we grabbed that was released on Total Black uh, in 2013, uh, Man and His Becoming. Uh, I believe is the full title of that. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um so
2: We're still th- freaking out over Linecraft. Don't stop out freaking over new- out over the new Linecraft. Yeah,
1: the uh it's just uh, so good. It it's sick.
0: Incredible. What do you it-
2: think of that one, Gray?
0: I am in love with both of yes. the new Minecraft.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Is so like good. it's like oh the new Minecraft. Oh, you, oh the new
1: Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, you mean death still Persist on SSSM? Oh yeah, yeah that new Minecraft, but also the newer Minecraft <laughs> <laughs> on Hospital is they're both. It's got
2: some industrial everybody.
0: criminal <laughs> industrialized criminals history. Is Such the a good title. <laughs>
1: uh, with these two releases, I think he is truly like. stepped up uh, to a new level like and it's just like it's really cool to get to see the project growing over the past couple years i think we've all gotten to see it see it uh growing in the best way
0: these are both so weird and so good that i'm i'm like hooked and i can't wait to hear what's next but if you're exactly all stocked up on linecraft and you've got everything and you just like need something more you should check out his old band mothra That's right. Uh, That's like early two
1: thousands. Yeah,
0: it's early mid two thousands, and it's a little more doom. I feel someone probably built a bass guitar or something in that band, but they still probably play oil barrels and scrap metal. In fact, I think that's what Masahiko did in that band. Uh, Oh, you know, you know, he's got
1: you know if Masahiko's around, there's gotta be an oil barrel. (laughs) There's no, there's no, uh, there's there's no, there's no getting around that.
0: But, yeah, Mothra, uh, Doom Engine, and uh, I can't remember the name of all the CDs. I have a couple of them. They're they're awesome. I think I mentioned them in a previous episode. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you can just also keep listening to these new ones because they're weird, and they surprise you every time you listen to them.
1: Absolutely. And I think I had a comment when we were listening to it privately, when Tara and I were listening to it, and then... Gray was listening to it and texted the exact comment that I made. And that comment being, what is wrong with line? Craft? What is wrong
2: with him? What is his problem? He's and too, then Gray immediately,
1: immediately texts the same thing. What is wrong with him? He's too good. He needs <laughs> to be stopped.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, it tone really it funny. Down. You're like, I just said that while listening to this. Like, yeah, it's yeah. really like, what yeah. is going on? It's industrialized criminals. History is really Ooh. good. Uh, Death yep. still persist is really good. Uh, yep. Just, just a straight up fan, and that's in great, my recent listening too. So you know you got well, the triple go. recommend well, actually, here.
1: Let's re- let's just let's go ahead and segue into your uh, recent. What listening.
0: you've been listening to? All right. To?
1: Well, uh,
0: that line craft, of course, uh, and I got a couple releases from uh, Banatorico. Ban- Banatorico? yeah. That's we're gonna go. With that pronunciation. Maybe you should ask sure. me how to
1: pronounce it.
0: Sure. I'm yeah, yeah, to Mike,
2: give a how great, would you pronounce it?
1: Don't ask me how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs>
0: one of which is a new tape out of Japan on Advaita Records called Sakasa no Kikori Men Yori. Uh, and it's awesome. Uh, it's uh, based on a short ghost story and it is like the Banatorco Instruments she builds, there. It's like,
1: uh. it 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 is really cool. Um, I've gotten a chance. I know Gray and I got a chance to hear left I I hair. I've not. I believe you it. haven't yet, but no. yeah, she she builds all her own instruments. They. They're really. Co- they look really cool. I, her performance is always. It sounds well, like something the t- the I would The love. time I saw it was great, and everyone says, "Oh yeah, no, it's always great." Yeah, I've seen um, her so a good she, few she times
0: over the yeah. years, and uh, these these releases. This one, uh, this one, it, it's like four songs, so it has a slightly different feel than the other thing I listened to. But uh, and it's newer, but it's just. It's just fantastic stuff. It, the, the instruments she builds are, you know, when you see, like, the junk guitar spring uh, reverb box, it looks like a giant version of that, but it's, it's like, cranks and pulleys and wheels and things, like, turning things and rubbing and maybe some electronics built in and maybe maybe there's a spring in it. I don't know. They're just, like, weird. They look like sculptures, but then you play them or, like, misremembered mechanical equipment like you you're in a dream you have you like figure out a new way to make cars go fast by turning them into roller skates or something and like this is the piece of <laughs> equipment you use it looks like yeah. that I, I lo- yeah. that's I a great that. description i love that mm-hmm. um and so there's also another another uh, cd called beside the sluice and that is a live recording and a studio recording and that one is really great uh, they both build in different ways and the tracks are a little longer. I'm really, I'm so, st- she uh, posted, I think on Twitter or something about this tape coming out and I just said, can I get one when you get them? And so I, I ordered this and uh, got one for the Connollys too when I see you guys. Oh, heck oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Can't wait. That sounds
0: great. Can't wait to do So it. we, uh yeah, maybe it'll be in your recent listening in the future. It's, it's great. Probably. Um, awesome. I listened to Tangerine Dream Phaedra after we did that episode. Uh That yeah. was the first record I'd heard by them and so I wanted mm-hmm. to like, Soak it in again. Um, it's great. How'd it go? It's just great. Nice. It's so <laughs> I mean, good. like obviously so good. Phaedra's great. I've always loved the cover for that one, uh, and mm-hmm. I mean, all pretty much all Tangerine Dream covers are awesome. But uh, yeah. I think I hey,
1: showed someone, you guys. Someone someone mentioned that there's a, a backwards version of ZEIT. Is that true? I am unaware of this version. You saw that, though. Someone mentioned it. I did, that, right? yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know it.
2: Yeah, I, I looked it up. It looked like it was a more recent um, pressing, and, and it plays backwards. That's cool. It sounds amazing. I bet it's awesome. I'm yeah. sure it sounds yeah. good.
0: Oh, man, I got this thing on Bandcamp a while ago. I think it was last Bandcamp day from the UK, and it, it was called, like, SDEM. I don't know what it was. It looked like it was uh, like glitchy techno stuff. And it is sort of in that autoker vein, but it's way noisier and weirder and just really goes like eight tracks killer, like all black CDR in black laser cut uh, paper. Envelope thing, it, it's awesome, really good, and I listened to it like three times after I kind of just kept playing awesome. it because it was like exactly <laughs> the mode. So uh, I really like Audica and Panasonic and some of that stuff. I think we'll probably talk about Panasonic yep, at one for of sure. these points. Yeah. Obviously, had their feet Why firmly not? planted in noise. Um, yeah, this is certainly in that uh, in that lineage and just really cool. I'll link that. I, I was someone I wasn't uh, familiar with their work, and now I am just like totally into checking out more of it. So. Sounds killer. Super. And
1: uh Yeah.
2: You know Damien what else is killer?
1: Romero. Or rather, really, speculum fight. I've always loved the name Speculum Fight. It's such a strange name. It sounds good.
2: It's a fun image to like think about. Yes. Yeah. It's
1: it it gives me great mental imagery. I've always loved it. And my my introduction to the project and the name as well is, was a uh, Japanese American noise treaty. Oh yeah. And I just, yeah. Ah. And, I, and I do remember just being like, Oh, that's such a great name. Speculum fight.
2: Yeah. It's, it's dark.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but
2: not too dark. It's, yeah, it's
1: <laughs> no, it, it's just right in the pocket, right? Just great abstract noise sounding mm-hmm. name. And then this CD actually, um, because it did, it, it was, you know, uh, like you said, you know, grimly, um kind of a collective type label you know they would get these cds out to college radio so we had this cd um as well as other wind Mm -hmm. cds at the radio station so it'd be one i would play um uh you know on on my radio show so i just i just have good good memories of this cd you know i love speculum fight but i will say it has been years since listening to this
2: it's hard to forget the cover like once you've seen this um gray who did the cover
1: Harvey
0: Stafford did uh, did the cover for this one. It's like a a child with prosthetic arms punching a, a like clown punching uh not balloon. What are the names of those things?
2: Yeah, the inflatable punching bag things. Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: with a crowd to, of onlookers. To like an like, audience. He's on a yeah. raised stage. Yeah, there's like men in suits watching it as if it's uh, entertainment. And uh it's a really wild painting. Harvey Stafford did uh He did those Melvin's solo album covers. Those are his paintings of like all the the ones that are inspired by the Kiss solo albums. And uh, he also did, uh, and actually Damien told me this, the uh,
1: illustrations in the Macronympha interview in Banana Fish
2: so cool
1: so so sick yeah I think I think um I think Seymour mentioned that as well and and also uh so many had mentioned that uh, he was a big influence on his design and covers mm-hmm. and stuff like that so very cool little very cool connection um, Yeah, he and Damien were uh,
0: I guess really good friends and so he just had him do this artwork it's uh it's pretty killer artwork actually everything about this artwork I like I like this cover the thing itself mm-hmm. is printed on almost like a newsprint feeling paper it's that kind of flimsy uh, feel-good paper. The back cover is like a labret with an ear grown on its back in like a, some kind of dish, which is really unsettling. Always fun, yeah. yeah. Always and fun. And the the back cover is a really strange <laughs> photo taken yes. from a hill of an older-looking uh, like fire engine or emergency vehicle. It's red with red lights on it. In uh, crashed into a swimming pool in the backyard, like behind a house. And so I asked Damien what was up with that photo. And he said, the back photo is the house in Topanga where I was born. The pic was taken by a neighbor in the 70s after a crew of firefighters forgot to set the emergency brake or something. And their truck ended up in our swimming pool. Oh my God, so that's awesome. so crazy.
2: Yeah, Can you imagine towing that out of there? That's insane. And How that, do you
1: get it out? And that's definitely an image I always remember from yes. the CD. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, knowing that that's what it is, is, you know, just kind of just adds to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, very memorable.
0: Uh, and you want to talk fronts. about uh, thanks lists. This thing has one panel of the booklet is like information, recording information, which we'll also talk about, I'm sure. But uh, mm-hmm. there is an acknowledgments List in here, which uh, rivals many metal records. It has got you got GAX, AMK, Key Ranson, Joseph Hammer, Eric Lanzalata, Tom Grimley, uh, Dave Stone, Mayuko Hino, Hiroshi Hasegawa, Jojo Junko, Toshiji Tosh- Mikawa, Koji Tano, Masami Akita, Meso Yamazaki, Akafumi Nakajima, Masahiko Ono, Hino Kaiji, Shohei Iwasaki. Like, it, I could keep going. Hero Hiroshimu's like so good. Everybody yes. is thanking this because Danny was a, a big. Uh, kind of linchpin, I think, to California uh, and Japanese relations at mm-hmm. that time. He most definitely he toured Japan in the nineties. Uh, he brought Masana over here for some shows and put out a uh, seven-inch. Um,
1: and worked, obviously, worked at a worked at a record store and stocked a lot of oh, his yeah. stuff. You know, and Aaron's, he, Aaron's records. Yep,
2: And Speculum Fight started in like 92, so I mean, like, like this that, hit right? early yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, very early. And this then, is
1: the second full-length CD, right? White Elephant being the first, even yeah, though it was a tape first, right? White Elephant was originally a tape,
0: uh, which is yeah. the first release on P-Tapes, P-O-1, which is Damien Romero's he, label for uh, imprint for right. largely his, his own uh, works.
2: And you can even go to the MSBR website and go all the way back to like 97 when he was on tour. Um, with uh, Menchi and Cogitano uh, and see like, they're just like total camera pictures from that tour. It's they're super fun. They're awesome
1: <laughs> pictures. We're going to put a link up on the page so you can check yeah, them out. They're it's, amazing. It's great. Any
2: chance to go back to MSBR um, website is good.
1: But actually you said, you you just said that it, P-Tapes was used for mostly his own works. Actually, I think of P-Tapes, he's put out a lot of stuff for a lot of different people.
0: Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. When I think of
1: P Tapes actually the seven inch, the seven inch we discussed on our past seven inch Sunday was a uh P tapes uh Rundleson and and socks seven inch.
0: You know, it's a good it's a good correction. I think of P tapes as synonymous with Damien Romero. Well he sure, is, sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And, and Speculum Fight. And I think mm-hmm. I would say probably half of the re- I mean, much like my label or whatever, like half of the
1: releases are probably him. Maybe well, not sure, even that many. Um, and I think that's like I mean I think that's standard for an artist who runs a label. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of their own stuff. But you know the the classic Masana seven inch, the Runzelstern seven inch, and then all those three inches. You know, like he did you know a million of the three inches. But again, it is that kind of thing where it, I think because the design is his own, it's all like his aesthetic that it just mm-hmm. feels like it's his kind of you know journal of his own stuff and his interest.
0: Everything about P tapes feels. Damien Romero.
2: I just want to say that, um, yet again, the king of alternate pronunciations. Gray, do you realize that you say speculum fight? And we say speculum fight.
1: Oh, he, Gray emphasizes <laughs> the, the fight.
2: We you emphasize say speculum the speculum. Fight, and we say speculum fight. Nice. I like it. How uh, do I do, love, listeners, how do you, how say, do you s- say speculum, speculum fight? fight? I wasn't do you say speculum Do you emphasize speculum? Do you emphasize fight?
0: What? I thought you were going <laughs> to criticize something in my uh, reading of r- this acknowledgments list. In oh here, but, no, uh, it was
2: beautiful. You, you did a, really not good a job. Criticism. You did a great a, job. At a, I wouldn't
1: call it a criticism. It an I'm criticizing Your use of criticism. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> it was an amusing um, observation. Very amusing. Highly amusing. <laughs> I to would me, say. at least.
1: Um. So
2: hey, this album. This album. season.
1: So cool and. And so I I just this is very, you know, these are the sounds I associate with Speculum Fight, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and the way it's laid out as well. You know, you have three long tracks. Things happen all throughout all the tracks, but you're kind of, you, you are kind of know once it's, once you're kind of a minute in, you're like, okay, this is the vibe I'm getting for this track. Not that it's not going to change and things are going to come in and out, but it's, it's, it's
2: subtlety. Like there's yeah. lots of layers, but you know, the, the palette stays consistent generally throughout the entire track and all of the changes happen, you know, so subtly that sometimes you don't even perceive them happening. And then you're all of a sudden like, how did I get here?
0: Yeah. And this, uh, The CD, like you said, is three tracks, uh, No Season, Highball, and Parade. Highball uh, being the centerpiece and the longest at 25 minutes. The whole CD is about an hour long. Mm -hmm. And the first and third tracks were recorded uh, at Poop Alley Studios with Tom Grimley. (laughs) Uh, Name will always get a chuckle. and uh, Especially from us. Tom and Damien were good friends. When I met them, uh, they were living together in a house in Hollywood uh, and uh, Grimly I, I met Grimly on a tour he was doing uh, with Joseph Hammer and Sayo as uh, Swinging Chandeliers and Tom Uh, built all these weird devices that he would plug in and they would, they were like on a timer or linked together and they would play on their own around the room at different intervals. And he would just sort of walk around and observe them and adjust them slightly. And it was one of the coolest performances (laughs) i would ever seen. Uh, Tom is a, I know Tom in the nineties when he was running a recording studio, but I can imagine it was a weird time.
1: I would totally imagine. And this this first track no season almost has a feeling like you're saying it's just sounds like these things are going
2: yeah like like automatic machines that have just started and and keep going like those kinetic energy machines
0: yeah yeah i i uh maybe maybe it's maybe it was a christenko review i don't want to attribute it to someone who it isn't so i'm not sure and i'm gonna get it wrong this is full-on paraphrase but i remember i think it was that Agog record that someone had described as uh, like uh wind-up toy soldiers with mini with cocktail swords
1: <laughs> like going about their business and like I mean, this the... yeah <laughs> could fit this too yes. totally yeah, right yeah yeah even uh, this
2: i was thinking like a like one of those manual egg beaters you know like kind of has that sound
1: it's a, it's a, it's an empty rattle in an empty cage in an empty room that's yeah. kind of like <laughs> How we, how this thing gets started. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's all these tiny, tiny objects, but there's also this sort of a larger sound that I really hum. like. Yeah, this hum. It reminds me of a, like a metal turntable platter or something just grinding away. It's yeah. that mm-hmm. millstone grind, but it's different than it's used in a lot of harsh noise. This isn't, this never gets harsh, I would say. It's really it's, it's about very... atmosphere.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's, there's points when it, what it kind of metal junks, Start coming in, and there is a little more of a sinister feel, and it starts to get to you. It almost is like, oh, is this gonna. Kind of like the Richard mirrors we were talking about, like where it does get harsh. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to get there? It it, 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 like it threatens cr- to. It, it threatens to, and it walks up to the line <laughs> and then pulls back, which I think is very cool. I love that restraint because there, it does take a sinister turn about halfway through the track, and I love that. Yeah,
2: and that electrical motorized hum just kind of starts to to get more and more potent, you know, more and more ominous to where like, if you were, you know, in a, in an electrical control room and you heard that noise, you would be concerned.
1: Definitely.
0: You know, around, I mean, the, the the sounds, there's sounds happening underneath it sort of different fidelities. There's like a muffled movement there's a big sense of movement on all three of these pieces in completely different ways but on this one there's Mm -hmm. this muffled uh, rearranging of things down low that like is missing so much like no mid-range or anything it's really suffocated and and then like around five minutes this like scraping starts and underneath that I feel like this howl builds in the background it's just very uh, subconsciously there and at that moment, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm listening to Speculum Fight because it sounds like kind of what Skin Crime is doing now."
1: Yes, that uh, oh, those yeah, weird, like, for sure that those weird ghostly sounds that mm-hmm. that creep in and out and and and, and then yeah, actually, I, I just looked at my notes. The word I was the word I was kind of that kept coming to my mind when it was. Teetering on getting harsh was cacophony, and that and it, oh, beca- yeah. it, be- it there's a cacophony that starts to build throughout. And say, Skin Crime has that as well, especially in the uh, the last times we've seen them. And and again, it this just where Skin Crime generally does cross the line. You know, g- does cross line into like now harsh we're in the harsh territory, yeah. Spe- but not always. I mean, not always. Like I think that Traveler, mm-hmm. Traveler on the road really. Never really does. Yeah, it it's, shows great restraint. Yeah, and same with um the the ghosts I've been, but um this one yeah it gets really cacophonous and then pulls back, which is really cool. You know I. I, I made notes on this where you're talking
0: about the cacophony and it feeding more and more pieces into the machine is what I kind of yeah, heard that as. Totally, like, totally. You you throw another bottle cap in and like it interacts with everything a little different and changes it a bit and it, but it keeps spinning and then you throw another thing in and it really builds nice. And then there's man maybe around the ten minute mark there's this sort of like descending feedback note kind of thing that comes in. That yes. Was like it adds a really. I, I wrote the words mellow strain down, which is like it's a weird okay, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of tension that's not uh anxiety inducing. It's it's like a very relaxed, but you're watching something like about to to break or or push out, you know, explode or buckle under the, the weight of something. But it's not it doesn't matter if it does. Like I don't know how to really yeah, totally. describe it.
2: I was calling it false feedback.
0: It's oh not wow! Quite yeah, feedback. There you go. That's actually Yeah, I like that.
2: It's fake feedback.
0: You know, one of the things when I think of Speculum Fight and Romero's solo work afterwards is control. Uh, mm-hmm. He builds these boxes and oscillators and weird like microphones to pick up like the resonance of the room, the floor. Uh, yeah, the
2: transducers. And yeah, it, it, it's.
0: I've seen him where he like, he's got one on a table and he's just gently adjusting the pressure of his hand on it, and the sound in the entire room is changing. Um, that that high pressure thing is one of those things that I also think of Romero when he he plays, he can really fill a room. I asked him uh, because two of these tracks are studio tracks that are you know properly recorded, and the second track, Highball, is uh, recorded live in a studio but recorded live, and a lot of Damien's output as Speculum Fight and under his own name, is live recordings. So I asked, uh, how how do your methods differ when performing live versus in the studio? He said, early on, there wasn't so much of a big difference until I realized there was just too much going on during some of the live performances. Doing more with less allowed the live situation to become a more direct physical event. Though less means less instruments, but there was always a desire for more and more amplifiers, speakers, and power. The more minimal my gear became, the more it became clear that the specific location, architecture, and acoustics of the performance space would itself become part of the live instrument, and sounds being heard or felt were actually happening in that moment. Live recordings are a documentation of this at best, but the physical experience can't very well be replayed at home or on a personal listening device. Any studio recordings are just anything that's not a live recording, so layering, overdubbing, effects, synthetic processing, and whatever else is allowed, and it's harder to know or not if it's finished, unlike a live performance where it happens and it's done.
2: Ain't that the truth?
0: But, but, uh, as someone who primarily releases live recordings, I thought that was an interesting take on it. Because it yeah. is obvious, if you see him perform, that the space and the amplification and the, even the position in the room that he's playing from, so that's all very important to him and leads to these interactions with the feedback and the tone and the things he's using.
1: Yeah, live he's definitely very interested in the phys- the physicality of sound and mm-hmm. how that can affect the audience and how that affects the room and stuff like that um which is a which is a cool you know it's a cool approach it's 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 um it's it's definitely like every time we've seen him it he you know it certainly takes takes his time i i can i can remember a show that he played um in a ba- a basement show uh when we were living uh in michigan Do, were you there for that do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, in Ipsy, I can't imagine not being there. You definitely were there, and you were <laughs> definitely still there. Yeah, you were definitely there. And and but I just remember him setting up and kind of like figuring out where he was going to set up, setting everything up, finding you know? the
2: perfect place yeah, acoustically exactly. in the room. You
1: know, so that I definitely associate that method with Damien.
2: Well, and I was reading um, an interview with GX in Dazed magazine. From 2012, uh, and he said that Damien Romero was one of his favorite artists. And GX says um, Damien R- Romero used to call himself Speculum Fight. His live noise affects more than just the ears. His sound is a physical stimulation that is felt all over the body, both inside and out. I was like, from, "Yeah."
1: From the words of the man, GX. So you know, <laughs> you know, it's you know, you got to listen. Um, and then we when we come to the second track the title track highball um now i kind of said before i'm drinking a, i'm having a having a nice cocktail out of a highball glass true my in, all entire thought of the title of this has always been related to cocktails highball um but i was mistaken what that is a reference to but subconsciously i think i knew what it was a reference to because what would you say the very first thing i wrote down when this track was going was the inside of the engine is developing a language of its own so i was already going with this engine this sound of an engine so and
2: when you highball for trains like they used to control the traffic with like a, a large ball so when the ball is up the train can go full bore fast as it wants when the ball's down you have to slow down
1: I had no idea that was a reference. trains. I did know that Damien is very um, into train records. I did know that. So it all makes perfect sense now. But again, I felt that engine and that roar and that movement right away without even realizing that the, the title is a reference but, you know, to engines.
2: Gray, do you have a personal story about these trains and Damien?
0: <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I just know that Damien... Uh, you know i think i'm not sure if he turned me on to picking up train records this is one of those things i want to cover in a noise records that aren't noise records episode at yeah. some mm-hmm. point is train records cuz they sound completely insane steam engine records specifically especially yeah, yeah. and that's and what the, that's yeah. what this is what he is there's a yeah, mobile interested fidelity, in, right? mf4 from 1959 is highball and a great cover great color photo of train on it <laughs> uh mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, he said that and other connotations might have seemed funny at the time. So maybe he's referring to having a drink while he's making the track, too, or whatnot. Um, Yeah. Who knows?
2: (laughs) Well, Uh, that's cool. And Brad Miller is the guy behind um, that, like, mobile fidelity um, was it Mobile Fidelity? Yes. Uh, and then uh, he founded Mystic Moods Orchestra. Oh, um, after right. that, and just did lots of different types of field recordings but and he, layering.
1: But you were saying that that so they the first r- r- the that label would put out train records. Yeah, correct? and the
2: Highball was the first stereo album that they put out. Um, it was, I think, the fourth album they had others prior, but they weren't in stereo. And the Highball was the first stereo train recording. And he actually did them, you know, from trains. Um, yeah.
0: Very cool. And, yeah, we actually, Damien and I have a split tape that's called Return to Steam, which is a reference to another Train record. Um, which you can get on Canjuric Sound Bandcamp? Oh, you can, no. actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool! <laughs> and uh, also, I, I'm going to find a way to repost this. Several years ago, I ran a uh, website that I hosted like some mixes and scans from old magazines and stuff on. And uh, Damien contributed a mix he'd done for radio that was a two-hour mix of Steam Engine. Recordings and it's oh my God, yes. awesome. It's very cool. That
2: sounds Pretty phenomenal. Enough.
0: I know Chris Watson did a record for Touch called El Tren Phantasma, which is, I believe, all train recordings as well.
1: Very cool. That is super cool.
2: Do you wait? Do you remember where you met Damien Gray? Oh, is that even possible at this point?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it. Must have been a, maybe a no fun. I don't think we met when I came out to California to tour in 2004 because we didn't play Los Angeles and I didn't know Damien then. I might have had a show in L.A. if I did. Uh So, yeah, I'm not. It might have been 2006. It might have been a no fun or it might have been 2006 when I came back here to play uh, with Sixes.
2: I can't actually
1: I can't remember either. It could.
2: I'm and pretty see, sure I met him at No Fun. I remember meeting him. Yeah,
1: there. yeah. it could. I could have conceivably met him in 2004 on the Hair Please Sprint Heights tour when we played LA. Uh, and if it if if not, then no. You know what? I did meet him then. I and I remember we, we were at the smell. I did. I uh, I believe oh, yeah. I believe Weese <laughs> introduced us. I, I do believe we met in 2004.
0: Yeah, I met uh, Weese in 2004 when I came here to to yeah. uh, had played. Not play a show, just hang out with uh, Phil Blankenship and uh, check out LA. But yeah, it seems like Damien's just sort of always been there uh, in my life for the past <laughs> decade and a half. And uh, again, like I said, he encouraged me to move out to Los Angeles and uh, has just been a, an awesome, awesome guy. Um, this track, you you hear an engine. I think it might be the engine of a
1: submarine that's transporting a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh that is yeah, that it's is probably, a fairly probably accurate. Description to me, it was the constant sound of a train in your head. Uh, wow. well, you know, what? it's so
2: funny because I just wrote, I could fall asleep to this. It has a
1: very <laughs> lulling quality in a great yeah. way.
2: I've always been one that, like, I get in a car or train or something, like, I, I will fall asleep. Like, I love that kind of like constant noise sound. Yes, it's it really has nice. a very <laughs>
1: it, again. I think I enjoyed the. I loved thinking we when we were listening to it, I was like, I'm pretending we're on a train right now, like, yeah, like, because it just that has that that great lulling quality to it um, that just kind of, kind of whisks you away. I yeah, love Yeah, It's like
2: a, it's like, what would you call it? Like pink noise, you know, it's not quite white noise. It's, it's fairly more active than that. It's got like lots of like varied pitches to it. Uh, it's, it's just so nice. It's so um pleasant to hear, honestly. Yeah.
0: I, I guess I feel a uh, submarine just because it feels so submerged. Like the frequency range mm-hmm. is pretty condensed and, and, on the lower end of things, there there is some like almost subterranean rumbling, like it's scraping against yes. the, the ground. And then there's this weird thing that in my notes, and this is not the right way to describe it, but maybe it is, is a aquarium filter. These these spurts <laughs> of texture textural noise are happening kind of like when you watch an aquarium filter uh, blow water out. That's like it's like an intermittent rate, like a jacuzzi jet or something. It's not a constant stream. It's Full of it's mixed, it's water mixed with air or whatever that's pressurizing it, and so it flutters and acts erratically. And that's that was that translated to sound for me. I guess it was in some form steam, you know, it really was like this, yeah,
2: oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, this weird mixture of air and water,
2: (laughs) and and it also had that like vibrating quality, like um, like a pair of hair trimmers or something, like very or, or like. It reminded me of a swarm of bees as well. Like it wasn't quite like heavily consistent, but just like buzzing happy bees.
1: Yeah. like These things, there's, there's these small changes that do happen and small things are introduced, but they're very subtle and they just kind of like add to the Mm. overall vibe of the track. They don't necessarily change it. They just kind of add to it. It's
2: never boring. Right,
0: right, right. No, it takes you, I mean, this is more of that transport of noise. It takes you away. It's, Gives you a mental image. You can sit there with your eyes closed and enjoy it, and it changes. And this, yeah, it's this is a twenty-five minute piece. I can't say tons about every second of it because it does. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's, it doesn't need to be. It yeah. does a couple yeah. things minute, perfectly, yeah. and it changes so subtly that that's it does exactly what I want it to. It's never yeah. once boring. There's perfect times where things change or happen, or uh, you you pick out a different texture more or something. But it's really simple mellow restrained uh restrained power almost you know as that's the volcano i was yes. thinking of is it's like not erupting but it's like the potential is there that same thing of control with with uh damien's work man and this, definitely i mm-hmm. i don't know if i can pick a favorite track on this cd i,
1: I was gonna I, say I, like, I i kind of agree i think yeah it's I, I almost kind of feel like it just needs to be it, it it just needs to be listened in the, in its entirety. I don't, I think it just kind of lends for that. You know what I mean? Like they all, they all, each track has its purpose and does that purpose perfectly. And you, all, you can't, you almost can't separate, you know?
2: Like for me, the most like bright and sunny, like summertime track like that, I, I would say weirdly say the happiest track was parade (laughs) the last track.
1: Well, maybe, maybe it's that title. Maybe you're thinking of a summer parade.
2: Well, it, it made me think of like airplanes overhead. Like when you're looking up at like just a clear sky, maybe a few clouds and you just hear like, like two or three airplanes like going over and then everything else is just, you know, sweet and silent. And maybe there's like very subtle wind. Um, And then like the, this, the centrifuge sound, Um, starts like where something's swirling and swirling. So it's, um, I don't know, just like a super act for me. It was, it was very like bright, uh, and happy. (laughs) Well, yeah. And,
1: and I did, I, I was hearing like a wind blowing through an engine basically. So I was outside. Yeah. It's like ghostly, you know, and I, and, and one of other, one of Damien's other interests is definitely, is definitely cars and, and old cars. I, I know I've enjoyed a, a ride or two in, in uh, one of his, you know, crazy, old, cool old cars. And, <laughs> and he's referenced that on other releases and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, the um, idle
0: recording is one of my yeah. favorite things, which is a recording of his uh, old 1968, 69 Plymouth road runner.
1: Yeah. And wow. so I, so I was kind of, maybe I was kind of seeing a bright, a bright imagery too at this track, you know, and I was picturing being in that car driving down this. I feel like, I feel like we've done a lot of summer, uh, Albums recently, I feel like the Soul Mania is a good summer album. I feel like oh yeah, this we is got a, a good, good summer, summer album. noise going. Well, it's because we're cooped like up and we want to you- be outside <laughs> in the yes. sun. Going so to the we beach. want these like feelings you of like traveling. <laughs> these, these like feelings of travel and like yeah. and I do think that I think the CD like travel is like part of the CD. These
2: are it, our summer vacations. It's like
1: modes of transportation. <laughs> I, I love it. A Parade
0: will give you the travel you're looking for. One of the biggest uh, things. In this track, one of the biggest forces that I feel in it is uh, I wrote moving, movement, friction. And friction, you know, I mentioned the, the Banatorco tapes, and friction is a thing, obviously, with the sort of grinding of the wheels and the devices she uses. Damien's got a different kind of friction going on, but it, friction is definitely definitely here. And you, where well, you were hearing uh, an engine developing its own language on Highball, I was hearing a, a voices from Atlantis Strange sirens and a weird scribble language in parade, um, but it starts with this really cool fluttering that uh, pulled me right in.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there is a, mm-hmm. there is a fluttering. There is like a fan moving. Because there is.
2: It's it's certainly swirling. Like yes, it's it's, it's circular. It's like a centrifuge. Something's something swirly, twirly in this world. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it's like one of those lovely little windmills.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? And again, it has that <laughs> feeling of it's just this piece of machinery going. And it has that just like it it's going and it's just going to what happens is going to happen. Now, this is the highball was the live track, correct? And the and Yes. And no season and parade are the two studio tracks. Correct. So he did utilize overdubbing in these tracks.
0: On these tracks, yeah. He, he said that uh, oh. Grimley Studio was a, uh, he can't remember if it was. One inch or two inch uh, tape, sixteen channel studio, and I actually I asked him what because he recorded these two pieces with Tom Grimley, and I asked him uh, if he found anything in Tom's process to be uh, beneficial to working with Speculum Fight. He said, working with him was so great because of his engineering expertise, but also because he was always up for anything unusual because of exper- his experimental music background. Uh, we were really close friends, too, so it wasn't a professional recording studio vibe, just friends hanging out. So I like oh, that idea. Nice. I initially kind of pictured it as like Tom in a box and <laughs> Damien in a room <laughs> doing his thing, but right, right. obviously they were, it was a more collaborative process because it's just a couple of buddies in the studio. Doing things
2: like us sometimes,
0: exactly. Maybe that's
2: why it's so like spacious and kind of free feeling because yeah. they, you know, felt that they felt comfortable and they could just do that.
0: You know, th- the- an image I had during this track parade. Uh, the first thing is you, I'm kind of reminded of a boat engine, but not the engine itself, but the the displacement of water and movement with it, uh, much like in Highball. But this is a different a different sound. Um, the other thing, especially about the seven to Twelve minute mark or whatever, I had this image of a like someone trying to move a Richard Serra sculpture by pushing it, like those huge steel sculptures he makes. Like just mm-hmm. that kind of friction, like what that would sound like if you managed to budget a little bit, if you had something that could push it <laughs> just a little bit, really slowly. That's what this sounds like to me. Uh, in part, I mean that's one of the elements yeah. going on here. There's so much, especially in these two. I mean, in all three tracks, there's so much going on, but especially in these two studio sort of pieces with overdubbing, you can you feel a little more. uh, I don't know. It feels like there's even more going on somehow, especially I think No Pressure is the one that evidences that the most. There's
1: there's a in parade a couple times. There's a couple there's like. A little bit of feedback, and then there's almost what feels like a, like almost like a like a almost like a tambourine or something like falls to the ground. Seven and, and, and a, a half th- minutes and thirteen minutes for the feedback. Yeah. I know what you're talking <laughs> there about. You go. <laughs> yeah. But but to me that made it feel yeah. live. Like it, it gave yes. it like I, you could tell like like oh wait is this live? Because it just almost is like this weird like live accident. Like, yeah, or like something.
2: chaos was inserted yeah. somehow,
1: and I, I like that. I think
0: they're like probably you know maybe several passes but maybe a couple of live takes but maybe it's one live take with lots of stuff going on and then mixing right. on the back end uh, i like that those things because the feedback is like it creeps out a little bit it almost jumps out of you but it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get loose from its leash and they almost feel like uh like accidents or like something you might have right. edited out but they're not and it doesn't them being there doesn't detract from it. It's one of those things where no, I, I would, love it. It actually yeah, adds yeah, to great. me. Yeah. they're Yeah. Let's just see those different decisions people make, because I would probably edit those out because right, that's right. how I, my brain works is I want smooth and this, but they work in this piece just perfectly. And that's one of the things Damien kind of gets, I think too, is when he, when he goes too far, it's not a problem. It's just a part of the process. Totally.
2: Yeah, I kept writing Is this live? Like on every track. I couldn't decide if it was live or not.
1: Well, it was the uh, second one. Um You got it right one of the times. Well,
2: so <laughs> we debated a lot over which um Speculum Fight album to cover. So like what uh what was the debate about? I
0: I just wasn't sure if I wanted to do this one or White Elephant, uh White Elephant because it's the or the like kind of the earlier mm-hmm. incarnation and uh I I don't know. I was just trying to figure out which one was the right one
1: to talk about. They're different uh different sounding records for sure. In in what is your how do you feel White Elephant sits next to Highball? What what do you where do you see the difference?
2: Compare contrast. Exactly. Oh man. <laughs> uh
0: I <laughs> the sound palettes a little different. The tracks on White Elephant I think are a little more monolithic. Um I've listened to this one longer I've had this one a lot longer I actually found crazy enough I found White Elephant at a at a like a local thrift store here. Awesome <laughs> oh, like a, That's like a crazy. few years ago I was just looking through stuff I found like a Survival Research <laughs> Laboratories VHS and what? yeah cool. and a Speculum Fight CD and some other stuff. It was a it was a good day at the thrift store. Um Really weird to find something like that. But uh, this one I've listened to a lot more. So Highball is a little newer to me, but also that made it kind of exciting. Sometimes it's nice to listen to the stuff you've listened to less for the podcast because you kind of get to dig into it in a different way. And you feel like you know it better afterwards, I think, after we sit and listen and take notes and discuss. So that I was part. That was that. one of the reasons I, I put that one out as one to do. Um, but... There's just, I mean, we could have picked anything from the Speculum Fight
1: catalog. and yeah, I would have been It's happened. so yeah. hard
2: to decide, isn't it? Yeah. Like, how, how do you choose?
1: I'm yeah. glad, I mean, I, I yeah. really enjoyed digging into this one. Gray, you asked Damien about um kind of his equipment as well, right? I did. Uh, like I said, a lot of his stuff is homemade. I've had the pleasure
0: of seeing a lot of it, uh, given being given demos of it, and even uh, on that aforementioned return to steam uh, split release we did i used a couple pieces of gear because he was staying at my house um, cool but i i said uh, you know what was he using on this and and in this era and he said exploration with contact mics early on led to an interest in all types of transducers and acoustics in general there were self-made feedback devices that evolved into many subsequent generations of boxes that send and receive vibration I'd use these along with tone generators, amplifiers and whatever else seemed to make an interesting sound. So, it's a a combination of home-built stuff and like I know like old uh, test equipment. I I think I think the one of the first times Zane came over to my house he like saw this old general radio oscillator I had and knew the model number of it from like looking just looking <laughs> right. at it from across the room like, "Okay, yeah." Um yeah, so yeah, He's built and made, like made his own uh, circuit boards and does circuit design and boxes for things and uh, the the stuff that sends and receives vibrations is really cool and really weird. The Very tracks beautiful. on that's that split, cool.
2: his his sounds are really unique. The tracks on that yeah. split
0: are
1: the wood floor of my uh, house in Ann Arbor vibrating. Dude, that was probably the same time of that show I was mentioning. That would be two thousand eight. It seems right. I think around New Year's Eve. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it,
2: it, it was. Oh. It was definitely. It was.
1: I remember being in December. Yep. Okay. It definitely. It definitely was that. It's
2: cold. Yeah. Michigan basement shows. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's, first thing I noticed when we moved to Michigan is you go to a show, you never take your coat off. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just on. <laughs>
1: And so it's shocking to me it shows yeah. here when people don't take their coats off.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, it's hot. Take your coat off.
1: <laughs> yeah, this uh,
0: this CD is really cool. I, uh, I've i actually been listening. I listened to it uh, a couple days ago to get ready for this. But I be- I'd been listening to White Elephant more because I just kind of put it on, and it really is a nice background piece. Like, just sets a sets a different kind of mood. This makes me want to soak in it, and White Elephant will keep me moving.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, hey, maybe hey, uh, maybe maybe in a year, maybe uh, maybe for fifty first birthday, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll do white elephant. Um, but yeah, no, this is uh, I, I, you know, I have very fond memories of the CD, especially like I said, it was. It was just one when I was first getting into noise. We had it at the radio station, so I was always I was very excited about it. Oh my god, they have a CD from yeah. one of the Japanese American noise treaty guys. You know what I mean? I've it was seen so it ex- so
2: many times, so exciting. Yeah. Uh, but
1: it had like like I said, it had been a very very long time uh, since listening, so it was a very nice return, uh, return to Speculum Fight,
2: and it was a very different listen. Like I feel like coming yeah. at it at, from this perspective, I, I just feel so differently about it, and yes. like, can really appreciate the subtlety of it.
1: De- Most definitely. Yeah. No. I think, I think the subtlety was much more apparent and appreciated, uh, in 2020 than, yes. uh, than maybe my early head really, years. Now we really this. understand how difficult that is. I loved, it then, I mean, I loved is. it then, you know what I mean? But like <laughs> now I think I probably love it even more, uh, for, I would say for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's...
0: It's a classic. I mean, it's. I think this is – you know, we, we've joked, I think, on the Patreon a little more about, like, standard-issue noise CDs, and I feel like – like you said, the college radio had it. Like, these are yep.
1: – this was something yeah, that was
0: around ahead. in the 90s.
1: You know, obviously, you know, Grimley and, and the crew had – they, you know – it was just a different thing in the nineties. Yeah. You would send out promo CDs to mm-hmm. college radio, and it actually made a difference. And like, you know that that got the CDs out and 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 all that kind of stuff. So, well, also
0: um, you know in the ninety in the earlier nineties, Damien was playing in Well, Damien founded the band Slug, which right. uh, Grimley was in part time. David Scott Stone, who played yep. with the Melvins, was in uh, some other people. A good handful of other people, and uh, they, the the founding members of Slug, met at the I think the Loyola Maramont's, uh KXLU uh, college radio station. They were all they were all working uh, doing radio shows in the college radio station, and that's how they started their band. So obviously, college radio is an important thing to yeah. Romero, Grimley, those guys because they put that. That's where they got in touch with each other. You know, that was a way that you communicated with other like minded people. Then was like, oh, we all like at least somewhat weird outsider music, so. Here it is.
1: Yeah, it, it, it really was a cool time, you know, uh, especially, you know, my time doing the radio. And and I mean, still to this day, Damien has a radio show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, we've talked about it before, I think, every Tuesday uh, at midnight on KXLU, KXLU.org. Uh, it is Psychotechnics. Eldon uh, from Allegory Chapel sometimes takes over too.
1: So, very, also, uh, you know, of course, a, Alum of Japanese American Noise yep. Treaty as well, which is, you know, I that's how I found out about allegory. So uh, I'm loving all these circular connections.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, just thinking making. about it like how many people like, you know, Damien, well, and Eldon too, but but how many people Damien's like interacted with, how many shows he set up, how many split, you know, CDs, CDRs, split releases, and just collaborative efforts have gone together just to like, you know.
1: Support support and, yeah. and
2: boost noise as a genre. So like thank you, Damien for all you. of your contributions. Like, um, you know, like it, it takes everybody to make the community of people that are into this. And so it means a lot. And also happy birthday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously still going strong now, but especially, you know, in the nineties, you know, great job brought so many, you know, made so many connections, brought people over, went over there. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's a great thing. Definitely a huge, huge part of noise history so yeah it's not something
2: you're just like making millions on and then like sitting on your stockpile of money you're not no he's just sitting on a pile of money right now
1: i thought that's (laughs) why everyone got into noise was uh the the millions and millions (laughs) of dollars um yes but uh
2: absolute labor of love i think this
0: thanks list in here this acknowledgments list points to those connections because these aren't just He's not thanking his uh, his well maybe his idols and and people he you know who inspired him but also just like his network of friends is what's acknowledged in here uh, the people he was trading with set up shows with that stocked his releases that he that got him releases that he liked like that so you, to see then it's literally like a list of experimental music heavyweights in the acknowledgements list right? but you know that like those people would all have the
1: nicest things to say about Damien so. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Well, happy birthday, Damien. Thank you for this great CD and and many others. And many more to come, I'm sure. You know, he plays on the new AMK
0: 250 Years of AMK box set slash tape that uh helicopter just put out too. Damien's cool. in the Damien a regular member of the AMK lineup.
1: Actually when Gray and I oh, saw AMK uh for GX's birthday last year, uh Damien was a part of it. So, yeah.
2: (laughs) Friend.
0: Thanks, Damien, for all the awesome noise and connections and uh, inspiration. And happy birthday to many more.
2: You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreoncom noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.